Welcome to the Intersect Podcast. This time is devoted to empowering people to hear testimony of transforming lives and growing in excellence. The goal of these stories is to unlock, ignite, and activate the God-given potential and talents in every listener. I'm so thankful you can be here, and let's get to our guest. In this conversation, Aaron and I journey spontaneously through our story of knowing each other and being known by God as friends. We travail the depths of the dark night of the soul and have opportunities to both experience God break through in our conversation with laughter and tears. In preparation for our conversation, Aaron and I prayed for an authentic conversation that glorifies God and honors people wherever they are in life's journey toward the heart of God. I believe that Aaron walks in the God-given anointing of the Holy Spirit, like very few other men I know. His leadership style and perspectives from history will surely be used by God in ways greater than any of us can imagine. I'm so thankful that you get to hear this conversation. Get ready for an unforgettable time with Aaron Muntz. I'm here with you tonight, Aaron. We made it. And I am super excited that you are the first one that I get to have on this podcast uh, as someone that I have known for uh, six years, seven years? Loosely. Loosely, yes. It depends where you where one invests a knowing yes. of another person. So good. Knowing of. Right. And then being knowing alongside part. So like it's it's interesting when you can know somebody, yeah. But without having a story intertwined with them, right. But then it's a different knowing when your story becomes part of their story as well. That's awesome. I would say that journey started, two thousand sixteen. Even fifteen. I think it was fifteen because Moses. Um, my first son, was conceived at that time right and, okay. uh, and I'm yeah. pretty sure that's where you jump into the story uh, right right before right in that timeline probably yeah um, we didn't rehearse which is which is ironic yes being that uh, on the one side Moses's name means to draw out and yeah. so uh, he drew that relationship out of yeah. which further on in the historical story of Moses uh, drew out Aaron uh, into the community uh, <laughs> so in, in the same way your son being height Moses yeah calling then forth a, a friendship also yeah with an Aaron in your life mm. and now I have uh, three sons my oldest is a daughter and um, our most recent boy is named River Aaron Sozo Stewart. That's a beautiful name. And uh, we got the inspiration from none uncle than Uncle Aaron, who I'm hanging out with right now. Praise God. So I asked you spontaneously to do this podcast tonight, and uh, my hope is that it reaches uh, the greater Sioux Falls and uh, wherever else God wants it to go. 
and I have only briefly shared with you that it's for uh, business-minded folk. It's for leaders, entrepreneurs, blue-collar men and women. And uh, in the introduction, I'm excited to um, process all the things that, uh, that you are. But when I think about you, immediately, you're a leader. And so, amongst the many things, months. Yeah. If you, you didn't make the joke, I was going to. <laughs> yeah. You are a leader. Um, and uh, I'm just so excited to, uh, to continue to process uh, our story. So, um, as you know, the first part of this uh, podcast is getting the audience familiar with us um, and our relationship up to this point and uh, give them a little taste of uh, the trajectory of our fellowship in the future. Uh, so where would you want to start as far as thinking back to how we know each other? Um, obviously no wrong or right answer, just uh, specifically the no. I like how you... Yeah, or the of, conception. Yes, I like, I, I, like how, I like how you really drew that out. And uh, try not to be funny. I'm actually not funny. You know that basically anything that I say that makes anyone kind of laugh, it was totally accidental. Because yeah, I, I, it's probably I, because it's an investment of joy. Yeah, that's good. And joy often leads to the, the funnel of greatest humor. So what memory comes to mind, whether good or <laughs> otherwise, uh, about... Uh, you knowing me or knowing my family what comes mm. to mind well i think i think you should start first off uh, there there's there's probably a period of our relationship where it was more so having a name and then having something applying to that name but not necessarily what were related to that name, but what other people have related to that name and then receiving that. So it'd be interesting to see or to hear for on your side, uh, having heard that there is an individual in existence mm. being named Aaron that happens to be in the same circles of which I circulate. Mm. Uh, what, what, what was the, the, the understanding before ever encountering each other? Yeah. That I mean that the perception of that that person, yeah, or someone that we created that now has been remolded. So good. Mm. Is that something that you want to jump on impetus? Should I jump on impetus of that? You like should. On the, on the okay, so definitely more aware of your wife's existence mm -hmm. before your existence. Yeah. Uh, and so it's odd then how, and beautiful, mm. how then when one marries another individual, part of that story of what you marry into is also then investing that story into you. So then having known Alan, 
uh, and then the encounters with Ellen then somehow in my mind get mixed into <laughs> my encounters with you. It's good. Because then right. part of who you are is also more complex because of your marriage than with Ellen. Mm. Uh, so my memory of Ellen, which is, which is interesting to start this way, mm. where how my, my knowing of you has nothing to do with you, but has to do with that of what united into you. Yeah. Um, so I remember being at the park, sword fighting, and Ellen being on a picnic uh, blanket, reading scripture, and coming and conversing with her over uh, simple theological matters, mm. not anything of heavy discourse, but simply yeah. as uh, the familiar of hellos. Right. Uh, the, the simple way of just saying hello, but instead of using the word hello, it's y'all what you reading, eh? Like, I'll, I'll be good grit. That's mm, awesome. That's some good food. And then just nodding in recognition of simply being Christian together or having found a culture in midst of a culture. So uh, like being a sojourner as a, a Christian or as uh, an individual that identifies with these values that aren't necessarily held by the structures of the society around us and then coming upon an individual uh, amidst the um, the city where right in Hebrew uh, the place of the wilderness is actually the place of order and the place of the city is actually the place of not necessarily discord but rearrangement and unsettlement wow. how ironic that is right so uh, in, in the city oftentimes it's sometimes hard to be able to find that ingrainment of unificated values and morals right, and right. this this accord this this unification of a heart uh so coming across that uh and just in that and that freedom so when i think about like doing martial arts i usually think about uh this freedom and being in the park and stuff so then and then that gets mixed into my my conceptions of you oddly enough because hmm. then the first time that i think i came across an awareness of you was at uh, it was just in a garage at another individual's uh, leavance party of moving on to new adventures. Yeah. And only briefly encountering you in, in the moment of saying, this is Gordon. Hello, Gordon. And and that is, I think that's all that our relationship aspired to in that moment. Right. Um, and honestly, did not take any time or or effort to apply <laughs> any personality to you other than this guy is well chipped and, and gritted so he's, <laughs> he's obviously a well-to-do fellow and uh, a gentleman if you say of the age mm. uh it seems quite upholdery uh quite respectable individual and, and having nothing other than that mm. uh, uh and then and then later uh i don't think i ever encountered your existence again until you approach me and said hey i think god says we should be friends that's awesome and like boom 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 that's awesome yeah wow i love that you remember that i shared with you that i believed god wanted us to be friends um you actually remember it better than i do <laughs> I I I I remember the feeling, the unction to say that 
in a season of my life where my faith was real. Um, born again, following the Lord, but but weak. And specifically wounded from recent weakened friendships. Huh. And that was in a season of you coming to my house when you were often subbing at Lincoln. Yeah. And it was close enough to the high school where you could make it to my house um before kids inc um or 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 the latter but you know before a shift started in the afternoon. Yeah. Um and so I I remember knowing you for real in those in those seasons um that specific season and uh the the having a dog season yeah i had a dog lila that was a journey uh, uh so I, would you would you say that metaphorically it represented a time of your night like a uh, metaphorical night time being that lila is the hebrew word for night Oh, that's and so great. as uh, yes. John of the Cross would call it, there's this 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 period, an hour of our life called this, like the dark night of the soul. I love that. Where we're we're grasping um, for this solidarity, yeah, of uh, of congealed reality. Very good. Saying like, how am I going to live? Like, what is this? Uh, interesting enough that like, uh, like there's a, this phrase in the Iliad, which is one of the oldest books of war that we have. And it comes up a Homeric poetic form. It's called the Ambrosial Night. So the Ambrosial Night is that which, in, in, in the context of it, uh, Ambrosia, of course, is this, this food, this etherical substance that prolongs the life of the deities. But not only prolongs the life, but sustains the vigor um, this, uh, the, the Greek word is, uh, is bia, it's this, this forcefulness mm. that gives this, um, motion to the God's identities. Wow. And the, the, uh, referring to the night as an ambrosial <laughs> night, there's, especially during the Iliad, the Iliad is of course this poem that's an extended season of warfare and pain and turmoil. They're already on the banks for 10 years, even before the poem starts. And then once the poem starts, people just start dying. The, the, the beginning starts with the plague. And then one thing after another, things are just embroiled into each other. Uh, and there's this, this famous phrase within the Iliad that, uh, well, maybe not. It's famous to me, at least. I, I feel like it has yeah. what is worthy of fame Absolutely. in a phrase. Good. It talks about that there is... There is longed for in the field of battle a moment of cold breath so saying that it is hard looked for uh, that when we're we're engaged in these pursuits uh, especially in the for the Iliad it's it's physical battle and our lives it's metaphorical battle we're engaged in these pursuits sometimes it is not offered to us it is not available to us to even be able to step out for a moment to have that cold refreshing breath where we feel like we can do it, we can go on, yeah. we can endure. Yeah. And so then oftentimes we feel like we're collapsing in upon ourselves 
and we start identifying ourselves with uh, terms of worthlessness yeah re-identifying who we are wow because uh, that we're invested in the warfare the ilius latina is the roman version of the iliad that is a very brief synopsis of the iliad where mm. the iliad is about 20,000 lines the ilius latina is about a thousand lines wow and so it's very short however what's really drawn out from the ilius latina is this understanding of of warfare being so packed and full like it, it captures that moment of breathlessness even more than the iliad does and it represents that at times we we uh as 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 men especially and as as women as well as as people that engage in our pursuits we we have this the the seasons where we have this breath we can have this rationale uh this 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 moment of being able to be at rest and have cognitive thought but then once we start getting engaged in warfare and not taking rest and being at rest we come from the animus which is mindfulness into the animal which is beastfulness. Wow. And we start losing those characteristics that are supposed to be called from, forth from us and being very human. Um, mm. And so cycling us back to what I was talking about is like the ambrosial night is that the ambrosial night is this, this poetical phrase talking about this, uh, this seemingly like for, for the Greeks, it would be something not discordant but otherly something perchance unreachable but hard faded it's it's similar to the the ring ouroboros of the wow. old norse which wow. is the symbol of the snake eating its own tail wow. saying that time and time again fate will ring back to itself and you'll never be able to step out of that accord so good and so the uh, this, especially with the Greek Iliad, there's the question throughout the entire piece is, is this individual Achilles bound by this fate, bound by his own woe? Uh, the, 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 the piece enters in with the rage of Achilles forever embranding on this very word of rage the image of Achilles. Wow. Uh, for for generations to come, you can't have this word stated into a sentence or in a conversation without being able to congeal this image of this hero. Yeah. And as hero, we're talking about Greek hero of tragedy, one that entirely collapses upon himself because of a flaw. Yeah. And so, looking at that as the ambrosial night, the ambrosial night is this question of fate and flaw. Yeah. Saying that humanity is always going to be caught in its fate, always going to be caught in its flaw, and there's no escape. But there's always going to be a looking onto the aether, always going to be a looking on the ambrosial, yeah. but never being able to taste on the lips of a freedom from that. Wow. Uh, so it's full of this complex irony. Um, and what the significance is this, is that in our daily life uh, as, as Christians, and as being made in Christ's image, as being anointed, the understanding is we break off that dark night of the soul. Wow. And we say that fates, we're not bound by this, this fate. The question of fate, especially to the Icelandic nation, when the missionaries were first coming to there, the question was, is, our, or is this God of yours greater than fate? Like, and, that was, right. and, and for them to have this understanding that this, this new deity, at first they didn't want to deal with, deal with them because this, this warrior that died on a cross 
is worthless to us. Right. So now, if we're, we're talking about this, this being that's a warrior, and we're trying to re-image and understanding what it means to be able to step out into something else. Like this is a nation that fought in war with, with the, the sword and blood. Wow. And saying like, if, if someone does me wrong, there's only one way to overcome shame. Right. And that is with death to honor. There's no way for me to otherwise gain victory. And then you have these, these famous sagas in Iceland that is slaughter on slaughter on slaughter on slaughter and there's no break because it is the only answer to repercussions. And so, of course, when you hear about this God that died on a cross, this warrior, like what kind of warrior gives up his sword and is fighting with something else? It was, it was, it was beyond their capacity of thought. Uh, so eventually when it was the, the song of the gospel was sung in the mead halls as, as a form of poetry that they were able to understand with a, with a discourse that they were able to receive, they started getting a new image of a warrior yeah. that was able to break that worm Ouroboros, able to break that ambrosial night, and was able to take that tip of the aether, that, that ambrosial, and bring it to humanity. Uh, in this weird understanding of not like an image of Prometheus, where Prometheus in Greek culture <laughs> stole awesome. the flame yeah. from the gods yeah. as this form of trickery as this form of somehow delusional undertaking to create humanity to God by force. Yeah. Whereas what Christ did was able to bring this fire to humanity because humanity was created in the image of God. And so then he was able to start burning the flame, that of which was already set, within the coals of humanity saying like I already invested in this like before I created you I invested and knew you and so what I'm drawing forth from you is then I'm anointing you so like we get this like we talked about unguents yeah. it's weird that how you talked about how you were in a state and period of life where the unguents was upon you to yeah. come talk to me yes and unguents is of course from the word for anointing to be thick with oil and be thinking with oil is is the time when you're about to burst into flames. And Christ is the name for anointing, just like Messiah. So Messiah is the Hebrew, Christ is the Greek. The word for unguents, the uh, Latin, where it's talking about this overflow of oil upon a substance that's not going to burst into flames. And so we have this, uh, this God who came down, who was able to willingly allow himself to die on the cross, to anoint us in the oil of his blood, the life source of his uh, of his very nature, saying that like everything it costs everything. This is like, we're talking about like Bonhoeffer's costly grace here. Uh, we're Bonhoeffer, the theologian of uh, the German theologian, that he set up these two natures of grace. He's saying the nature that calls us to the cross is a costly grace. Because it demands and asks and inquires of all our eternity. So I, I, there was this period in high school when I was in discourse with another individual. And I was not fully able to understand how to present the, the capture of what it means to be called for from God. Not only to say that I believe in God, but what it means to say 
I actively feel the unction of God being that like God's actively pouring new things over on top of me and he's tugging on me. Yeah. And it was the other individual said, well, if I, if I ever felt that ever felt like the, that God is actually speaking to me, then there's no way that I deny that. Right. There's no way that I wouldn't fall through with that. Right. And I, at the time I, I couldn't really capture the identity of the words yeah. where it felt as though, cause this is the first time in my life that God's like really calling me out. He's gripping my heart. He's speaking new words over me. Yes. And I said, well, is it's not this nature of saying that God speaks to me and then robotically I automate upon those very words. He speaks to me. And then there's this wrestling of my soul of this, of this fleshly life, the Ouroboros of my own, uh, my own depravity that still needed to be called out so and removed and uprooted. Yes. And so uh, when God speaks, it's, I, I would try to say like, it's like a suggestion where it is as though it's, it's, I know that if I was rational about it, it's the most perfect, wise thing to be able to accomplish. If of course this is God speaking. Yes. So if there is a God and if this God is living and active as though this God can actually discourse to my own heart uh, via Holy Spirit, via other causes, being able to direct impertinent information over my coursing of my life. Like if I actually think that God has a plan for me, yeah. that he wants to be involved in that plan for me, he wants to reveal that plan for me, I want to walk alongside that plan for me, Right. then if this is a God talking to me, not just a God, yeah. the God, E God, then I should follow alongside his voice. But there's so much of me that doesn't understand God. Absolutely. Right. And so I, I take it as though it is a suggestion where it's actually this, this mighty imperative. But imperatives are so powerful, like in the English language, because it requires so much understanding of the relationship between the individuals. Uh, if you don't understand what someone is imperatively asking of you, you receive it with hurt and pain and bitterness. Mm. And you have no want, no will, no long, no loving to step alongside the heart that is stating, this is the purpose of which I made for you. Do this. Uh, like, uh, be this, like live this, mm. like as I'm asking out of you. Don't just, don't just think about it really, really step into this where like his, his call for the covenants in the old Testament is imperative. These are, these are imperative commands is saying, guard my word. Yeah. Actively be on watch. Like the, the night is long. Yes. The, the fires are burning brightly. Right. It is cold out. Are you going to cuddle up by this fire and fall asleep? Are you going to be in that garden and stay awake in vigilance? Right. Or are you going to sleep because you do think the hour is far removed from us rather than the hour being now because every hour is now because wow. every hour we're called to be fully awake. Yeah. If we, and then this, this circles back to what I'm talking about being ripped away from that worm Ouroboros. Yeah. As long as we're caught in that worm Ouroboros, so the snake eating its tail, yeah. this constant cycle, this ambrosial night, we're always going to be asleep. 
because we're never going to be awake to what's being called in the moment what God's calling us out. We're never going to be aware of what God's heart is earning for, right. urging for, with what, what it's yearning for, what it's what's going after. Right. And we're not going to be able to step alongside in praise. And stepping alongside something in praise and adoration, I'm not talking about like having this, this well-formed singing voice or having the right kind of tones. I'm talking about the very nature of what the word praise signifies in Hebrew. We're talking about, like, it's the same word that means to throw a javelin. This means going to war. This means activating and actualizing upon these metaphorical concepts in our life that we say we, we are aware of. And then taking them and saying, I'm going to actively and concretely step into this and believe this and, uh, and, and affirm this. Uh, it means being able to uh, go to prayer in a different kind of way and not just asking God for things. Right. But then saying, God, this is your heart. I know this because it says it's true in your scripture. This is your word. This is what it says. You're telling Joshua to be strong and courageous. Joshua's in a season of his life of which he needs to be able to trust and rely on you more. Uh, this is the, the famous chazak uh, v'amatz. And it's saying strong and courageous. He says it over and over again. Yeah. We uh, see, yeah, yeah. We're just talking about that tonight. And it's this saying that like this calling out once again, from the ambrosial night, calling out from this, this season of sleepfulness, yeah. being costly grace that's demanding the eternity of you, this anointing on you that once it's set on a flame, it burns you up. And in order to sustain this, you need to constantly be fueled then by God because mm. nothing else will burn ever rightly again, lightly again, sweetly again. Like The only kind of perfume for that fire we're going to have is a sweet essence of inviting God further into that. Well, otherwise, will be consumed entirely. And as the scripture says, like once you clean out the house and you don't invite God into it, someone else is going to step into that and claim that as their household. And then you're just going to start burning a, a new flame. And you're not even going to be aware that it's not God because you thought like, I already got rid of so much. Yes. And then I didn't even realize I invited something else because I didn't pour then into God. I thought that I thought I was I thought I was fine. Just easiness this is we're talking about generations they just said it was okay that all I need to state is a line. Yeah. All I need to state is a word. Yes. And that is my done as my, my cessation of war. Yes. My cessation of continuality. Relationships we're talking about is saying that if I'm in a relationship with someone, this talks about motion. This talks about not an instance. This is talking saying that like if I consider God my friend, if God is considering me a friend, yeah. if we're considered an individual in a relationship with God, it is a continued motion not a single instance, yeah. but saying I am committed to being able to be vigilant and at watch every day, being interrupted. Interrupt, of course, is from saying that this is a rapio, which is to seize, to capture. Wow. Um, and then to be able to have that ripped away and being willing to be taken along with that Absolutely. and saying, I don't need to hold on to anything else here. So good. Just take me away. And then being awake. And so as uh, the reason we're talking about this, we're talking about when you first had this unction yes, I'm so glad to come reach out to me. Yeah. Uh, not to say necessarily that, well, to, to say very specifically, just to boldly to say, is a direct moment where God is reaching his hand over to you and saying, uh, even so, Gordon, I'm calling you to something more. Not that Aaron is something more. Right. God is that something more. Yes. What can Aaron bring to Gordon's life? Aaron yes. can't bring anything to Gordon's life. Aaron cannot offer that of which is salvatory 
to Gordon. Aaron cannot offer that which is satisfactory to Gordon. Uh, Aaron can't offer even that which is sweet to Gordon. Uh, the only other thing that Aaron can offer is the wood burning, and that wood burning has to be in God if it's anything sweet at all. Yeah. Uh, and so it's beautiful that I can step alongside the relationship with you in that moment where God calls you out and says, we're going to do something different. Uh, this dark night of the soul, like uh, ironically, I was just, uh, uh, or just beautifully poetically commenting on your dog's name, yeah. Lila, being the dark night. Uh, not just that, but the instances of that same season yeah. of saying, like, is this the ever entrapment? Will life ever be different? Yeah. Uh, is, can I trust God? Yes. Can I have faith? Yes. Is God who he says he is? Is God true? Is God a liar? Right. If God says these things will come and pass, that this is what God says that he is, is it going to come and pass? Um, and this will cycle back down onto this phrase of Joshua, chazak v'amatz, which the word chazak, meaning to be strong, is a verb talking also about hardening. There's a certain kind of hardening of vigor mm. of taking belief Wow. But the question is, what will I take belief in? So good. So if I'm taking belief in a God, that's going to rip me out of that cycle. Mm. But if I'm taking belief in myself and in this falsehood and the continuality of the everyday, in this everyday that's an ambrosial that doesn't give me any kind of aether to my tip, like it doesn't say, give me any fire to my breast. This is something that just doles me. Kind of like this uh, in the same Iliadic uh, story, we got Hypnos coming down uh, to be able to put Zeus himself to sleep as the patreon of the gods in order to create this befuddlement by his wife. And this, it, it's, it's a crazy insanity to say that within this representation of their pantheon, you have this trickster Hypnos that is able to befuddle all. Right. And they were like, who, why would we want to put our trust in this kind of God that on the one side uh, allows for this wrathfulness to be waging war alongside us? Mm. He himself never invests in us in the Iliad. We never see Zeus himself come down wow. and fight alongside, nor give mercy, nor give assistance. Mm. Always far removed. Uh, his only assistance is being able to give assent to uh, Achilles' mother. It, who comes to him and requests saying like, hey, you owe me one. Right. And so now you got to get my son glory. And the only glory that can be achieved in that instance is glory via the death of others, mm. uh, which is very interesting being that Jesus's glory says it only comes from being able to be like the death of yourself, which is totally changed the Icelandic culture because they reinvented the understanding of what it meant to be a warrior Castling the sword and said, the true understanding of facing true grit is being able to be free from this bondage of fate. Wow. And we've never seen anything like that. Wow. And so Jesus' death on the cross was this breaking of that Ouroboros, this rupture of the, uh, the umbrotal night and saying, I can finally follow something that I don't have to be bound by my own fate. I don't have to be told that I'm a luckless, uh, baseless, vulgar individual that has no promise, no favor, and no hope. Right. And it became an every man's song is saying that I can look forward to something else. It, it was an occurrence with this individual named, 
Ooh. That's funny. I, I, I can't really remember the, the name of it. But it was one of the Icelandic kings. And he, he himself grew up somewhere beside the, that land, uh, foreignly uh, included. And he comes back and he follows Christ. And it's this weird understanding on the one side where people are like, do I love him because he's strong, he's fit, and he's sure, and he's confident? Or do I love him because he loves God? Well, on the one side, being sure, firm, and confident like he was, was generally a very beneficial thing. But the most powerful thing in a representation of the Icelandic kings and the Icelandic king sagas is the understanding of being a ring giver being able to recognize the worth of other individuals around you and having the ability to call out that worth. Wow. So when we're talking about leadership, we're talking about uh, business application, mm. it's all talking about understanding what it means to be able to step into this realm. Uh, the one side, coming to sacrifice and saying, I'm willing to be less, to be, have God more, but then I'm also able and having discernment to call forth others and show them their value and their worth, to say there is hope and show them, give them direction to rip out their ambrosial night and saying, this is done. We're not going any further into this matter. I'm going to step alongside you in your endeavors, in your labors, because I believe that you are not a useless individual. Wow. You're not idle. I do not believe that your life is called to be idle. Idle comes from the old word that means to be worthless. Being idle says that like you don't have value or worth because you're not in motion, because you're not applying yourself to anything. We're talking about, once again, the business world. We're talking about the world in general. We're calling forth others to step alongside what it means to have value and worth and be able to draw that out and saying, you are called more than just to sit alone, sit apart, you're part of being about this community, and, and you have a calling. So cycling back to Chazak and Amatz, what I was talking about that, mm-hmm. it means to be a strengthening, a strengthening in a belief. I said that we should have belief in Christ. The reason why this word is so important is talking about the reverse side of that. When God hardened Pharaoh's heart, there's three different words that were actually used for hardening Pharaoh's heart. Yeah. The one word was Chazak the very word that's being called upon to Joshua. Now, God is not calling Joshua to say, harden your heart against me so that you can be strong in and of and apart from yourself. Mm-hmm. God is calling Joshua and saying, put your belief in me right. and trust in my strength. Right. Where Pharaoh hardened his heart against God because God was saying, put your strength in me. Do not put your identity in being a king and a leader. Yeah. Don't put your identity in being the Pharaoh. Yes. I'm teaching you what it means to be a servant and a son. Wow. First more so than anything, you are my son. The time this this final cataclysmic overshadowment of the firstborn uh is it's as as traditionally also to the the overclipsement of the induations, the waves on on the Pharaoh's army, uh traditionally for for uh uh, there's different kind of scholars within it saying that this isn't a time for rejoicement per se. This is a time of great grievement that a people were lost. Wow. That people 
harden themselves to the point of saying, I'm not going to trust in your strength. I'm going to try to do this myself. Like, I, I understand that I've been told that there's this God, right. that he fights for me, right. that, he, that he wrestles alongside me. But I ain't, I ain't done with this. I'm going to do it my way because I, 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 I need to train harder my own self. I need to be do this alone because yeah. uh, there's, there's nothing in the world to help me here. And so that's one of the words for a hardening Pharaoh's heart. The other word is kavod, which is the word for glory. God's glory shows up, hits Pharaoh's heart, and God's saying, this is my glory. You cannot stand in my glory. Wow. Do not try. Receive it, and I'll give you strength to stand. Otherwise, there is nothing of which is stronger than my glory. The word for glory is the same word for heaviness, same for weightfulness. Is this saying like I'm bringing them into a pressure too, like a pressured, a pressured system? Yeah. Uh, so like even us as Christians, like it, we we can't have this vanity about us saying that yeah. I I have so much value in the sense that like like even with Moses, like like you can't see my face. Yeah. You will die. Yeah. There's there's no God is not lying. He's not he's not just being like a vainly cautious. God is being absolutely truthful. You see my face, you will die. There is a glory about my presence of which is stronger than what you are. Mm. I created you to be in my image. I invested you to be of my nature. You are made in the image of Jesus. You're being called forth into the image of Jesus. Yeah. But there is so much glory about me that if you are in my presence in this kind of way, uh, you can't, you, you're not stronger than this. And so Pharaoh's saying, though, rather than saying, like, I'm not going to trust that glory. I'm going to trust in my own glory. And he hardened his heart because he was unwilling to stand before, like, be able to lay himself before God. So, uh, of course, there's two different things that when you have this glory, you, uh, you either resist and harden because it's so fearful. Yeah. And you're afraid to be able to allow yourself to be vulnerable. Yeah. Because you don't trust God. Right. Or you trust God and say, I'm so afraid of you in holiness because I recognize an awe of who you are, but I love you. Yeah. And I trust that you love me. Yeah. Uh, is, is a famous understanding about like the Aslan uh, in, in the, the Narnia series. Uh, is he a safe lion? They ask. Safe lion? Oh, oh no. Like there's a certain kind of form of... of I don't want to use the word terror. Uh, the best word I think is awe, but I think we've lost the understanding of what it means to be awe. This conviction. Uh, as I was talking about interruption. Interruption with intensity. So, this is all coming back to how our encounter was, was a moment of life, even too, and not just that encounter, but they, like these moments of our life in general where God shows up and says, I'm doing something, you want to be part of it. Yes. That's so it. That's so it. So many takeaways. Um, I want to jump us into um, equipping and uh, process through some uh, of the uh, of the tools that you highlighted because there are so many 
and uh, I think any listener that uh, listens more than once will catch um, handfuls. So uh, let's get to the equipping, and uh, and we'll we'll keep going. Amen. So we just tried to uh, get ready for this equipping section, um, and uh, I am so excited to um, share with you my thoughts for the first time, because uh, mm-hmm. I didn't share any, uh, anything, I, I, but I did want to uh, process with you some of the, some of the thoughts. So what uh, I want to give you feedback first and thoughts um, around around just what's on my heart from your com from from your from your story and uh and then I want you to enunciate more uh more uh uh use that D word. What was that D word? That was awesome. Um, decry? No <laughs> d- d- dictate? Dictate. Uh, yeah, build a state with words. Uh yeah. Uh, I like uh, our our specific um moment at church um and not right. the word describe. No. Okay. I think you said dictate. I don't know. I probably said the dictate. Um, so um so here's my here's my feedback. Uh what stuck out to me first, I loved how God highlighted Lila to you. Um because um everything about that season was incredibly dark in the midst of being filled with light. So I knew that I had the Lord in me, but I felt surrounded by darkness. And you know a little bit of my story um, in regards to just my, my marriage was in a really hard place. And uh, I was in a, a career path that was, that was um, in the valley, to say the least. And, uh, and yet you just highlighted um such a clear reminder for me that like god was totally um intersecting my life um uh, in a, in a, in a new way uh, again um and what stuck out to me as far as that dark night of the soul um you brought up that it was um who that said that a book that oh, you gave me, uh, Saint John of the Cross. Saint John of the Cross, uh, and I and I had a uh, one of the most uh, beautiful Spanish poets. Wow, uh, or, or uh, Hispanic poets, yeah. And and I was sharing with you off air that uh, one of my um, good friends recently brought that phrase up to me, and I had no idea what he was talking about, but he was talking about getting out of that, mm-hmm. in his own testimony, and uh, and it was it was it was powerful what he shared. Um, and so I never had the language, um, to yeah. describe, mm-hmm. but I know of it. Yeah. I know of the experience without knowing a title. Um, oddly, so, a lot of the growing with God in some of the last years is, has been trying to understand the language simply to right. state the, the encounter of yeah. God. So good. Yeah, for 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 both of us, yeah, in some unique ways. This uh, this twenty nineteen, this last year was uh, 
we were learning a lot of language. Uh, um, so what I wanted to highlight additionally um, as an equipping um, tool practically is what you shared about uh, Pharaoh's heart being hardened and um, and just the in the midst of all the God things that were happening around him and the man of peace that was in front of him being Moses and, 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 and also Aaron, I would say, was a man of peace. Like they did not come with threats of on their own accord. Mm-hmm. They came with like warnings. And I think as leaders, we... Um, can accidentally begin to harden our hearts to some of the warnings and uh, and and kind of fall into that Pharaoh heart as a as a leader and uh, and and that's definitely true from myself from the smallest examples of of being a husband um, and just the the process of you know I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. And I do not want to admit that I'm wrong mm-hmm. to my wife and then, you know, ultimately to God. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my, I have the same experience with my kids uh, being wrong and just struggling so deeply to be honest with mm-hmm. reality. Um, so that's a practical tip that I would, I would really want um, a young leader uh, – and even an elder in our community to be able to really like just bring to the Lord and 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 if if not you know the Lord if if that's not where they're at bring to a friend because because I think hardness um, is 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 a is a ground that cracks and breaks inevitably and uh, and and I would just want. I don't want that for anyone. Mm-hmm. So um, that's that's uh, one of the additional feedbacks. The last one, and I didn't write them all down. In the future, I I will I will be taking those. I remember. Um, it was uh, I just wanted to share with the listeners um, as as they as they soaked in. Um, how you flowed in just the studies of history and were able to humbly share this is how history connects what really stuck out to me was the times and I think you'll recall where I've fallen asleep or really close to falling asleep on you expounding on these stories. Mm-hmm. Can you recall some of those? Uh, of, of looking over at me and seeing, like, I think you might be falling asleep. Can you recall any of those? I could at least, for myself, not like a specific this, this example. Specific... Not this one, no, yeah. but in the past. Yeah. Can you think of one or two? I can think of moments where <laughs> God bless it. Like you, were, you were still 
somewhat cognitive. Yes. Maybe not aware, but you were just letting <laughs> Yes. And um, and so what I wanted to highlight that highlight as far as leadership is you know that was only that was only a forty two minute you know conversation, um, and I I I I had moments of wrestling um, just because of um, just my own capacity and like just being humble to be like it's a lot of information that is so good but like i don't know those history stories the same way so like i have to like really bring in all like the max amount of my bandwidth to to like try to have google just like streaming in my mind i to like you know and i'm a history teacher right well yeah the erotic thing is that when we talk about how the brain sometimes can only recognize certain phonetical sounds because it has been trained to be able to pick up those. So good, yeah. It's the same way with new concepts or metaphorical uh, values. Yeah. That we, we would like to think that we're all powerful in receiving new knowledge and new information and applying that. But the reality is Sometimes the first time we hear something or a word yeah. or the way the word is used, yeah. our body has such a resistance to reforming a characterization of those values and sometimes so we can't hear it at all. So good. So what I want to highlight um, around this whole idea of like um, the temptation to check out, the temptation to even – I wouldn't even call it temptation. Um, just the, the, the exhaustion that comes – um, from like learning something new, yeah, is is Jesus talking to the disciples in the garden, and saying, "Can't you stay up with me on such a night?" Yeah, because when I spend yeah. time with you, that that every time, and I, and I'll share in the introduction, <laughs> you know that, uh, that 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 the honor that I that I uh, believe uh, is is due um, God in you. And, uh, and, and so, um, that, that's what I, that's what I sense. Um, you know, that's what convicts me. So I, a practical tool spiritually would be, you know, conviction to stay up and, 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 in prayer and, yeah, uh, and, yeah. and pray when you're feeling tired, um, ask for energy, ask for alertness. Um, those are some spiritual practical tools that I think yeah. you could take away. Even understanding the the nature of exhaustion. So mm-hmm. the word exercise I was reading today in Tacitus's Annals in Latin, where it was used in reference to a military individual or a military like a, a, a legion, where it was talking about exhaustion, where the the Latin emphasis originally had this very demanding exhaustion not just simple uh, excursion uh, so when we think about I want to go to the gym do a little light exercise we don't have, we're not used to exhausting ourselves to that exercise because oftentimes a lot of us don't have anything that demands our very life to protect hmm. but we're talking about being individuals in society that are awake yeah. We have to be men and women that are trained yes. to go to the point of exhaustion yes. for 
these simple understandings of what it means to be strong as a community uh, and being yeah. able to understand and appreciate what it means to relate to each other and to exercise a relationship. And getting to that exhaustion point. Yes. And lingering there yeah, and not like giving up. A lot of us get afraid because we, we exercise relationship and things get hard and saying, well, you know, I'm exhausted and I, I, can't, I can't grow this kind of thing anymore. Mm, so good. And so we need to be able to learn how to be able to train those metaphorical muscles yeah. of simple relationships. Yeah. It's not going to be necessarily easy the first time around. Or like, or simply being able to get to know someone, or being able to like that's where simple understanding of marriage. Yeah, and marriage is for a lot of people the first time that they actually start spending time with another human being, in depth. Yes, in, entirely in depth. Absolutely, of very considering the natures of themselves and another person. Yeah, uh, but even if you're not married, uh, we need to learn how to be able to exhaust ourselves, and wanting to know who the people around us are. Yeah. And how we can grow with them. Yeah. I appreciate you highlighting that. That is so awesome. Is there anything else that you would like us to take from um, stories that you shared? Yeah. I wanted to cycle all the way back to how we first really met. Yeah. It was you approaching me. You telling me. I think God's saying, I, I got to be your friend. Y'all got anything that God's saying to you? Yeah. And on my side of things, I'm thinking, I barely know who this guy is. Right. I barely know his name. I haven't had any kind of conversations with him (laughs) ever. (laughs) Right. He's another individual of my, per se, community. Yeah. But what does it even mean for me to be part of this community in general? I I don't really have very strong commitments or... uh, any any kind of investments here and this individual that I hardly know anything about is approaching me and saying do you want to be my friend uh, and it, there's these other things that these, these, these times in our lives we're saying am I, am I going to recognize like even if God and I don't feel like a guy that ever had, had said in my heart like yo there's got to be a, a guy coming up to you he's going to be your friend you should say yes right uh, it's one of those things where I recognized a little uh, so, someone wants to be my friend. Someone wants to ask to to, to be part of my life. Uh, I should honor and respect the value of this person, and understand what it means. I get to know their worth, and let them know, like uh, recognize also and put in to me worth, not because another individual can give me worth, mm. but to be able to draw out that of which we lack from each other. Or I lack things, you lack things. Yes, I do. And so then I strengthen the things that you lack, you strengthen yes. the things that I lack. Because then, uh, and, and my belief that God shines through in us. Hmm. And we see that allowance of God shining through in others in different ways. So it was something unexpected, you approaching me, becoming yeah. friends. And it was something that it wasn't ever like, yeah, I need another friend. It was simply saying, this is where the season's at. I should receive this. Mm. And it's, it's been pretty nice to have received it. Yeah. It's interesting. I was saying that now when we talk about knowing each other, yeah. it's interesting how I can say, oh, do you want to know who I am? Let me tell you about Gordon. Simply because now Gordon is so much more about who I am as well. 
and it's harder than to be able to conceive who Aaron is. Like if I was going to try to tell someone who I am, how would I be able to tell someone who I am without being able to tell them who Gordon is? Wow. Because then you wouldn't know part of who I am. Same thing with the belief in God. Like if you really want to know who I am, how would you even begin to know who I am? Yes, yeah, so good, and, Aaron. If, and if I believe this God is an entity that's being and existing and and thriving and has an essence, yeah, uh, and that's my belief, then if I'm attributing so much of my worth from God, yeah, how would you even begin to know who I am? Right. Unless you knew who this God was that I believed in. That's beautiful. Um, and so the, like, we have these perceived things. We talked about the end of the podcast that I had a perception of who you were. Yeah. You had a perception of who I was. Yes. And sometimes we have the perception of maybe who God is or other people are. And then when we actually start stepping alongside them, then we start being able to tear down that veil and seeing who they actually are, the weaknesses and strengths. And then we say like, yes, but I'm, I'm committed to you being able to step alongside you. We're talking about, uh, not, it's, it's sad in this day and age where the only time we make covenanted bonds of relationship ties is in marriage in the sense of saying that I'm willing to stand alongside you. Whereas we, we've lost understanding of a community where in Hebrew, uh, it was word Rachel, grace, uh, a representative of this, this, this tribal band, like uh, you can imagine nomadic carts in a circle. And then everyone gathering inside those cards, like inside the inner ring of the circle, protected against the, the outer weatherments and all this family and home that's going on in the center with the hearth and the fire and all the stories and the love and the joy that's taking part in that. Is this kind of grace and mercy that you get when you're in the desert and you've been dry a lot and yeah. vacant and you see your home in front of you and that feeling that comes upon you is this grace wow. and this mercy of saying, thank God there is relief. Uh, and so when we're talking about our relationship with each other, yeah. Gordon and Aaron, yeah. when we're talking about relationship in the business world, yeah. the hope is that we stand so strong as a pillar and we understand where to invest that worth of us into, like how to be able to, and I would attribute to God and saying being able to be invested in from that and be able to stand strong that hopefully we would be, when someone looks upon us and says, thank God, there is grace. I know that that person walks in grace. Wow. And I'll be received. Wow. So good. And since then, um, since that conversation of... uh, me stepping out in total blind faith, I do remember having this very clear unction. And I was, you know, growing up at that time in in Reformed RCA church where we weren't learning about that. I just had a very unique personal experience with this God that yeah. we're talking about. Right. And quite possibly, if I really think about it, I think it was my first experience with the Holy Spirit. 
as far as looking now, you know, all these years later and looking at the fruit of how the Holy Spirit's spoke in my life since, I think it was the, it was, it was, if not, um, the second time from, from salvation to, that was in 2011, fall 2011 is when I got saved. Every antiquitical calling. And we're, and we're looking at antiquitical callings. A lot of times, this is the initial calling of God. Wow. Like, we look at Abraham. Uh, like, the, the Hebraic text says that this God called him out from his fam and said, Hey, yeah. I'm going to go invest in you in these other areas. Walk with me. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, in the same way, though, that, like, uh, God calls us out and says, Hey, we're going to go invest in this area. Walk with me. Yeah. So uh, in the, on the one kind of sense, you're just like, I'm, I'm going to go sojourn yeah. as an alien alongside that, which is foreign. And then I, I go, go forth and see what happens with this. Yeah. What I want to highlight lastly, and, and it's, it's, it's kind of out of order, and, and I apologize for those who are very linear, but uh, Aaron and I, uh, admittedly, are not linear, and uh, in other uh, conversations, we might get more linear. We'll see. But uh, I do want to mention just in the in the knowing each other side of things, um, we have worked together uh, oh. painting professionally at Select Painting. <laughs> we have uh, talked in various ways. And 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 worked both worked in the school system and worked in the school system uh, via yeah. collision via uh, uh, both substitute teachers. Why not why why but uh well, was the after y? school program after YMCA. School program, YMCA yeah. We uh, I think one thing that really sticks out is two things technically but one idea is is our journeys. Uh, we've we've traveled to uh, oh, uh, God. Pine Ridge, South Dakota, and uh, and spent amazing time with uh, the McCarg family and uh, Dear. Uh, <laughs> Is that what you and Evan? What? Isn't there a you at the end of it? Are you oh, McCarg? Ma- McCarg. Oh really? Yeah. I've been saying it wrong all these years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Wade and Kate McCarg. Names. Um, yeah, names. Uh, they were missionaries in Hot Springs, South Dakota, to uh, to uh, brothers and sisters uh, of the Lakota Nation, and um, so we traveled out there together and and had a wonderful journey, and uh, that inspired us. Uh, additionally, uh, y- years later, yes. going to North Carolina together, where I told Aaron that everything was be taken care of. <laughs> And we got there and didn't have blankets, yeah. and we had to go to Walmart, which was like at least yeah. three to four blocks away. Just every day you ask for the covering. Of God. <laughs> every day. What? Every day you ask the covering of God. Yes. So like, eh, no blankets. So we got there yeah. and uh, we we did get blankets in North Carolina. We were sleeping in a church. And we woke up that following we're, morning. We're, we got the cheapest blankets. And people thought that we broke into the church. And we were homeless. <laughs> And we were just sleeping in the church, and everyone was yeah. a little bit panicky. That was the start of our uh, men's gathering, North Carolina, two thousand eighteen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was over the 19, new, 20, new year. 19. Was it really? Yeah, it was, 2019. It was, it, was it was the new year of two thousand nineteen. Yeah. Awesome. 
Um, and I would say that was for me um, another calling of sorts, uh, uh, just to the more of God, um, going yeah. there with you in in faith and uh, and and what we um, got to experience, which was just the love of God in those men, and uh, you know far beyond uh the things we saw and experienced um it was it was the love of god it um, is the simplicity of yeah. meeting together eating together yeah praying together yeah yeah yep. and there was so much more that happened but it's almost like yep. it's a footnote to god's like purpose yes, yes. Yep. um so uh those are some of the some of the knowings that I've got to journey with Aaron on and uh and it just it absolutely feels just like the tip of the iceberg um and uh and I I look forward to um a lifetime of being your friend and um we're going to transition into our um our challenge, challenge. section so Excellent. Um, any final thoughts on the equipping? No. All right. It's time to process being challenged and when when you think about that word, I appreciate um, your uh, your passion for fluology. For those of you who don't know, Aaron has um, a passion and a love for the words that God has created. And how many languages are you at so far? Uh, not to boast, oh. but just to just to let our audience know where where are you at and. Um, I, how, I actively study about seven. You actively study about seven. Yep. So when you think about the word challenge, um, I, f- I feel initially like our audience is like either going to skip this part or take this part yep. the least um, receptively. That was a bad sentence, but that's okay. Sometimes... It's gonna sentences are really bad. Some, sometimes it's gonna come out. It's human. When you think about that word and how you would want to shape the heart to receive that word, how would okay. you shape the heart to receive the word challenge? Uh it makes me think of the, the Greek word athlos, talking about like we get the word athletic, talking about what it means to be a contest individual. Uh, oftentimes invested in wrestling not being necessarily a physical task not being necessarily a wrestling task when we're talking about challenges these are things that we don't succeed for sense this isn't like an immediate success when we engage these things a kind of challenge like this is saying that I'm putting myself in the ring against the fiercest toughest opponents in my life and I'm saying, I'm not willing simply to let you run pleasantly about my life. I'm challenging you. 
I'm, I'm, I'm taking this on. Wow. So looking at yourself and saying, who are the toughy baddies in my life that ain't need to be there? Yeah. And I'm saying, I'm coming for you. Wow. In light of that, we've, again, only really touched on the tip of the iceberg on our story and, and, and the lengths in which we've um, gone into conversations, hours upon hours of conversations personal conversations and and matters of humorous conversation humor yes uh how would you want to challenge someone in truth and love is these moments where we're encountering, we're talking about interruptions. Mentioned that a lot during this podcast. So, to recognize moments of your life where you feel like you're being interrupted and recognizing that being interrupted is not bad, not ill, that something of your plans might have changed, but being able to take a step back from that and reflect and saying, this isn't something that's usually me. But maybe it's where I ought to be. So the challenge is trying to recognize moments of interruption. And then have moments of reflection on that interruption. And then being willing to step forth into that interruption. Even if it doesn't exemplify everything that you are but for chance it has worth and value that you ought to step alongside what have been the biggest things that have interrupted your life hmm. well on the one side y'all been asking me y'all brah y'all want to be home geez okay so he has something like that and then we have, very simply, I was applying to go to the military. I had to wait for my military operations to, uh, the application process to be processing. And a lot of times it happened during these seasons of thinking you're waiting on one thing. And then while you're waiting for this one thing, thinking that you're in a season of inactivity, or only focusing on one thing, then God like, comes in and says, we're also going to do this. And so I was walking down the sidewalk, and a car pulls up on driving down, rolls down the window. It's one of my old college professors. I have a very brief discourse. They ask, what are you doing? I say, I'm waiting to get into the military. And they say, well, what are you doing in the meantime? And I say, well, I don't know. And they say, why don't you become a substitute teacher? And I say, okay. Wow. And that's how I become a, became like I applied to be a substitute teacher because I, I was waiting to do another thing. And then God said, hey, we're going to do something else. Same thing with languages. 
Yeah. Uh, when I was in college, I was majoring in philosophy, psychology, and theology. And at the time, it was my junior year, and I had most of my classes already done for all those majors. So I kind of ran out of classes to take, and I was inside the philosophy hall. Uh, teacher says, what are you doing during J-term? I say, I don't know. And they say, why don't you take Greek? And I say, well, why not? <laughs> and having taken that course in Greek, that changed a lot of the frameworks. And it was really odd because um, oh, way back when, like uh, a couple years before, I think about like four years before that, I had someone speak a, like a word over me that essentially bundled down to saying that uh, you're going to be walking in certain things there's going to be a huge season of God rewiring the understandings of how you see and perceive the world around you. He's going to build up a lot of new structures of uh, how, how you process the world. And so encountering languages, specifically Greek, was kind of the thing wow. that pushed it over the top. Wow. That said, ooh, I didn't know I was made like this. Wow. What's going on here? Rewiring. And then it's continuing walking into that. And once again, thinking I was going to go to the military after college. Because that's what I had been set on my heart to be able to focus upon. But then in the meantime, God's saying, we're also doing these things. So it's oftentimes in this interruption where you have these two things that don't seem like they go together. Yeah. You say, God's calling me to do this. And God's also saying to do this or having that faith in you to say, like saying, I have this unction. Yeah. I have this thought. I have this perception that this is what I ought to be doing. But these two images don't seem to overlap. But I know at this point right now, I ought to just step into this decision. And so oftentimes then we step into these things while we're waiting for other things. And sometimes the thing that we thought we were waiting for, God takes away and another thing takes its place. And so he overlaps these things. And so it moves fluidly. And it can only move fluidly when you sometimes are interrupted and step alongside the interruption, wow. even before you know that this is where you ought to be stepping right. into. Right. Small side joke comment. Hindsight 2020 is a semi-popular phrase. Yes. I wonder how God's going to use his sense of humor. Well, this year specifically we're talking? Yeah. Such a dad joke. Thank you. All right. <laughs> My challenge for y'all, and I'm allowed to use y'all because I have grandparents in Texas, so... Just to make that clear, that's what I've heard my whole life. But I'm also a California cowboy and from Wyoming. And uh, I like y'all. So what I would challenge is get a friend that you trust that's applying knowledge. Don't just have friends that are smart because they have knowledge and don't 
look for a specific friend who's just all in it for her experiences. But find a friend who is gaining an adequate amount of knowledge and then applying that knowledge to life. Because I believe that when that happens and you let God intersect your life, the word says to pray for a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And that's the perfect image of what intersection looks like. So, this podcast could change everything for you. I know it's changed everything for me. So, thank you so much, Aaron. Any parting words? Uh, I got to tell a dad joke, so any parting words for... Uh, for our uh, audience? No. Just praise God. Praise God. Praise God. This week's sponsor is Select Painting. With over a decade of professional experience in the Sioux Empire, Voted number one in local best surveys for nearly five consecutive years. Select Painting is South Dakota's largest painting company. I am honored to say that while SP continues to impact the lives of their employees and customers as they grow, the company relentlessly aims to deepen their vision of transforming lives growing in excellence. I have the honor of witnessing the owners, managers, and painters continue to practice the values of family, fun, grit, and growth in a way that changes the atmosphere of every job site they work on. In January, Select Painting is offering a special Painter for a Day package while continuing to give free estimates to residential customers. Select Painting is also at the beginning of their recruiting season while hiring positions for commercial and residential for the spring, summer, and fall of 2020. Thank you again, SP, for all you do to make this podcast a reality. And that is this week's sponsor. Hi, everyone. Thanks again for listening. I wanted to share a few quick notes that the rhythms of the podcast will be every Tuesday, we will have a new podcast. And if you know anybody or you yourself are interested in being on the podcast, feel free to reach out to me on Facebook. I would love to talk to you. Also, if you would share this with friends, that would be great. And if you want to share it on social media, feel free. Thank you again. And we'll see you next week. Thank you so much, Aaron, for being on the podcast with me. I am so thankful for our friendship and um, for all of our listeners. Um, If you want to reach Aaron, um, you can find him on Facebook. And um, 
He is uh, one of those type of guys who is going to just jump at any opportunity to uh, sit down and share a good cup of tea. And so, um, yeah, feel free to reach out to Aaron via Facebook. And um, again, thank you so much for taking time to listen to our podcast.